Here we go. We are live. Episode one of the Lucas Grandsire podcast because I'm extremely creative. You know, came up with this really intricate name. Like, you know, thought we'd just go right in there. Guest, uh, guest number one, of course, Kairos Bodley. What's going on, sir? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you. I really do appreciate you for having me. Of course, man. I'm sorry I butchered your last name. That's what happens. You know, I choke, I choke, and then I completely mess it. Like, it's bodily. In my mind, I'm thinking bodily fluids, and here we go, and I say bodily. It's That's, all right. There it is. I was thinking, you know, we should just quit the show altogether and then just try again another time. Like, just, I can't do that to you like that. We've got too much invested, man. I brought the lights from the basement <laughs> up. I had to put the I was like, shoot, I got to get this ready. Man, you are, I think, the clutchest like person that's ever been on a podcast ever. When you were like, oh, I have to go out and get a graphics card. I was like, bro, you don't have to do all that. And then, uh, but you did it. And we're here. And look at this setup. Wow. It could be better. I'm looking at it right now. It's looking rough. I got wrinkles in this thing. I had to cover up my window because I don't want people seeing me record and stuff and see the <laughs> equipment. I don't like showing it off because it's like, I'm not trying to have no one rob me, man. That's that. <laughs> that ain't yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so so what'd you do to build your studio? Like, did you did you pick like a corner of your room? Do you have like a room dedicated to that? Like it looks because I saw some pictures on Instagram, like it looks nice. It looks like a legit ass studio. Nothing crazy. Um, I just went down in my basement and I bought like a backdrop and I made sure I just would angle it so it would appear like it's a studio. It's not a studio, it's literally a portion <laughs> of a wall. And I just right. I like I played around with like people's perspective, and that's kind of what I did. Yeah, but it looks good. I mean, even the rug behind there, is there some kind of some kind of story behind the wrinkled, uh, the wrinkled rug, or is it just it's it's what we had? No, I literally went into my closet 20 seconds ago, grabbed it, grabbed nails, and punched the nails into the wall to hold it up here so just so you couldn't like see what was behind me. Man, so you Nothing hear that this man went out and bought equipment, put <laughs> holes into his wall, did all this stuff just to appear on my podcast. Like I feel I feel so special. Like that's the the clutchest guest ever. I'm going to be real. It's because I've seen so many podcasts and visual vlogs and like stuff where people get interviewed by journalists, like not journalists, like you, whatever you want to be called. I want to call you that if you're not that, but like, and I see these fighters and I see people and they like have a ring light right in front of their face. They're using ugly lights above. And I'm just like, God damn, if I'm ever on that, that'll never happen. I'm going to do them a favor. I'm going to like, at least try my best, you know? <laughs> yeah. I thought about the ring light. Cause you know, it'll get you cause it's like cheap. And then I saw YouTubers and then uh, somebody was like, listen, think about the shadow. So we set up a light here. We set up a light there. And I mean, it looks yes. for now, for now it's passable, but in the future, I'm going to have to upgrade my setup. I'll never reach the level you're at, but I'll have to upgrade for sure. No, I promise you, you will. A lot of people think it's the equipment. No, I bought this equipment once I had the knowledge base built for it. Like a lot of people will get, think, oh, I'm going to buy a red Komodo 6K. It's $25,000 and you have to pay $75,000 to get it operational. And then they still suck and they're still like putting up trash stuff, but it's in 6K resolution. I'm telling you, you can get away with the ring light if you understand diffusion and um, point light systems and stuff like that. And it's not that difficult. I'm talking like it's easy or like <laughs> it's difficult. It's not. You can watch a five minute YouTube tutorial on it and they'll get you right, bro. Like you, you, you got this. <laughs> I'll be honest though. The fighters, man, they join, you know, most of them are with their cell phones and, you know, most journalists, they let them, you know, hold their cell phone like this. Yeah. And I'm always like, you know, turn your phone sideways because, you know, you got those ugly ass black bars and looks better. But some of them understand, like some of them ask me a little bit about the lighting and it looks right. Others, you know, they'll be laying down. They have their phone kind of sitting there weird. You can kind of their chin. And some guys understand and some guys, they just don't give a fuck. Plus, I'm looking at mine right now. I'm not liking this. This is not the quality that I want, but it's all right. I'm, I'm kind of disgusted looking at myself right now. You hyped me up a little too much. I'm like a little <laughs> pretty yellow. I see like the piss colored tip. But yeah. Oh, wait, can I be myself or can, do you want me to be a little bit more professional before I like Kairos, ain't nothing perfect. Like I said, I am wearing a t-shirt. This is just a podcast. We're two dudes talking. Like, it's not, you know, there's no, you know, oh, this does not look like quite my quality. No, just get in there. This I is, uh, we're free. Yeah. I don't know who you want to send this to. I don't know, like, which shot. I don't want you being like, dang, Kairos kept saying, fuck, I can't use this. I'm like, all right, well, sorry. <laughs> well, that that's the thing, though. I do all these interviews and stuff, and people have this image of me. Like, I'm this really... Like uh, this small, short dude that interviews fighters, and that's like professional. That if you saw me hanging out with the boys, you'd be like, "That's not the same guy we just saw doing an interview with all these fighters." Like, I, I think so many people put on that persona, and in reality, it's so different. Yeah, I feel you, and that's like one thing I want to make sure I ensure. Like, I want to instill in people that that's Kairos. Like, my friends always right. see me tweet from back when I grew up. Like, you cannot act like how you act with us on Twitter. I'm like, why not? And they're like, because you're going to, and I'm like, I don't care. I want people who like me for me. I want to cultivate a group of people who are just like, damn, Kairos is a bomb ass dude versus them looking at me. Like you see the situation with John Jones where people are like, wow, 
he's not the person we thought he was over the years. And like, it's flipping with, but it's not necessarily who he is. It's wrong, but it's just like, you've got people accustomed to who we thought you were. And then when we started to see who you really were, it kind of took us for like a whip flash type of deal. And I don't want that to happen for me. Well, John Jones is weird because I think the biggest video that kind of made people realize he's not the way we thought was Kevin Lee, right? Where he's like, you know, he's saying, and we're this, and we're that, just in the back chilling. Like, I feel like we we suspected that, but Kevin Lee, like, finally told us, like, this is the real John Jones. Like, it's not the the preacher guy and the, for sure. Yeah. There's a few people who kind of knew, like, I'm a pretty good tale for stuff like that, just because I consume a lot of media on people. Like, you can, it's weird to talk about, but... A lot of my favorite fighters, my favorite fighters, because I literally stalk them. I go through their social media from the first day they ever posted till where they are now. And I look at all their interviews. And I look at like all that. I'm like, okay, I got you figured out a little bit because sometimes you let it slip. Sometimes you let who you truly are right. show out. And like, once I got you, I got you, motherfucker. I know who you are. Like, you can't <laughs> fool me. So with John, I knew earlier on, as soon as it's like, oh, uh, when was it? Um, someone was talking about him always poking people in the eye on like a live chat. This was like five, 10 years ago. And he like made this video. He's like, you guys, John's poking my favorite fighters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I know. Yeah. I know who you are now. <laughs> or no, when he did the, the interview with Ariel, I think it's one of the best interviews ever, but they're walking through the forest and they're going through everything. And I was like, oh, you know, back then I was, you know, still in high school. And I was like, wait a minute, this, this is John Jones. Like, you know, he's yeah. got a weed problem, all that stuff. It's like, hold on. This this not the the preacher the preacher's son like you know all that stuff this this guy's totally different from what he's trying to make us think he is, and we know it's not a weed problem it's a coke problem but that's all right right you know, we, <laughs> nothing wrong with coke no let me stop yeah don't <laughs> I've got a bunch of people I went to high school yeah. with that would beg to differ like it's it's a it's a problem that was a joke guy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what were you saying sorry for interrupting you. No, just from the interview, just like how how different he is. Cause you know, it's like he put the persona to the side. And I feel like he tries to creep it up, but like nobody, nobody buys it anymore. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I hope that's what he's happy with. I hope he's happy with who he's presenting himself as. Cause that's all we I want is I want people just to be comfortable who they are and how they're being perceived. You don't ever want to see someone just like, dang, I wish I didn't get shown in that light because that's not who I am. You see it on social media all the time with people posting stuff. And it's not with the best context or maybe they didn't explain it the best way. And then they get pegged as something that they may not be. And that's unfortunate, but that might stick with you for the rest of your life. I mean, it's funny we talk about the personas too, because, you know, being that I'm in the media, I'm interviewing these guys, you know, a lot of them, I'm texting them, we're in the DMs and stuff. There's a lot of people that act one way and then you text them and it's like, hold on, who 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 is this guy? Like they act completely different. It's just, you know, you, yeah. you mentioned social media, but just texting them, like I've gotten some nasty texts from dudes where I was like, hold on, I thought you were this, this wholesome character. <laughs> that's funny that's <laughs> what's funny about that also is growing up i was in a very conservative not conservative like as far as political is concerned but conservative like as far as religion like very christian home i was very reserved you know this kid in private schools but then my parents realized we can't have this kid being around like because i was that black kid token black kid at a like private school christian white school and my parents like we can't have you growing up like that and then they threw me from a, like a school of 300 kids to a school of 2,000 kids in a public school then i went to a high school of 5,000 kids and then i moved to michigan halfway through high school and like met completely new people and had to like uproot my life and meet new people and so that just forced me to be me i was just like you know what if i'm gonna keep having my life uprooted i want people to love me for me and that's how like i i started following that direction but for some people they, they don't have that opportunity i saw it as an opportunity no, you're right. It's definitely a big thing you touch on, you know, being yourself. Like, you know, everybody always says like, hey, if you can't be yourself, like, you know, if you're changing the way you are to be with certain people, it's a, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate. And it's fake too. I mean, that's, it's definitely a big issue for a lot of people. Whoa. Did I just come and focus by, so this is where I have to be. Yeah, I guess you have yeah. to lean back and, and arch your back the entire episode. Like that's lean how. Back, like, okay. But yeah, no, you're right though. There's, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm just glad that there's people like, because you know, you'll have a conversation about this with certain people and they'll be like, yeah, you're right. You got to be true to yourself. Do not conform to the iniquities of the world, bro. And then you see them two minutes later and they're acting fake as fuck on Twitter. It's like, that ain't you. That ain't, I was just <laughs> drinking with you last night. That ain't you. Like, but yeah, that's, that's good to hear. No, for sure. But for you on Twitter, I feel like, you know, especially with, with being the original video reply guy, I feel like you captured that. I feel like you give us this idea of like, I felt like I knew you before we even got on this podcast, just, just from the way you act on social media. Yeah, that I did the video replies because I would respond to people and they would get the completely wrong idea. Like I would respond. Sometimes I'm satirical. Sometimes I'm sarcastic. Sometimes I'm malicious. Sometimes I could be anything, just how I'm feeling in that moment. And people would take it the wrong way or they take it the right way. And then it just led to confusion. So I was like, shoot, I'm just going to respond with videos now. You just so no one gets it twisted by how I feel about this. And I, it's worked thus far, but it's gotten me into some trouble. 
<laughs> you you smiled when you said that. Who did he get you into trouble with? Like what happened? Like, this it's is why we're here. Inside. I mean, okay. I I guess there's two. There's two right now. No, no, no. Off the top of my head, I can remember two. The first one was um, who was it? It was Corey Anderson. He was set to fight Johnny Walker. And this is when the hype for Johnny Walker was like the size of a tsunami right. wave. So I was I was diving into the hype. I'm like, Johnny and I, I'm a very, I'm very like energetic and I hype stuff up. I've always been an athlete. I played football. I played lacrosse. I played all these sports for years and years and years. And I'm just a competitively driven person. I get hype. I'm the type of person who's shouting when you shouldn't be shouting, but like, that's just who I am. So when they announced the fight, I'm like, Johnny Walker's about to splatter Corey Anderson on the sidewalk. Da -da -da, I'm talking shit. I'm like, and obviously I'm not serious, but I'm not tagging him either. Cause I understand right. you don't do that. But yeah. of course, when your tweets travel like far enough, someone's always going to be like, what do you think about this at Corey Anderson? And so Corey sees the tweet and he's like, we'll talk about this after the fight. Hit me at, hit me back um, after the fight. And so me in my back of my mind, I'm thinking Corey's going to get smashed anyway. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to respond. I was like, if Corey wins, I'll respond back and give him the response. But if Corey loses, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Cause I, that's not the same person I am. Corey goes out there and knocks this dude out yeah. and everyone in my midst is like, Oh, Kairos, you got to do it now. I'm like, of course I got to do it. So I respond back to him, send the video. File. I'm like, I'll never doubt you again, blah, 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 blah. But that was one of the times. The other time was I was having a little fun with John Jones because everyone's like, John Jones is the best athlete in the UFC. And like me, I've seen actual world-class athletes. I've seen athletes. There's one thing to be an athlete in MMA against martial arts. It's a completely entirely separate thing to be an actual athlete, which means I can go into multiple different sports and be successful based off of my attributes alone and my skill set. Right. So I was making that argument. I was like, yeah, Dominic Reyes is a better athlete than John Jones. And people didn't understand what I said by that. And so I made a video satirically mocking those people. I'm like, you guys think John Jones is some world-class athlete just because he wrestled in Juco and he has a brother in the NFL? And I'm like, he's 6'5", he can't dunk a basketball. And I posted the clip of like eight years ago of him trying to dunk and yeah. it like rims out and everyone's just like, Kairos, you're a dick. To even his coaches was responding. It was like Eric Anders tweeted at me too. I'm just like, okay, this is getting too far. But I was like, I'm not backing down. I started video replying to all of them. But it's just like... <laughs> Sometimes it gets out of control, but it's just like I'm having fun. It's not like malicious. When I get malicious, I probably won't send a video. If that makes sense. It's interesting you mentioned the athleticism because I was having a back and forth with someone because we were arguing a little bit about, uh, well, not arguing, but it was about Greg Hardy. You know, everybody's like he's so athletic, he's so explosive. And my argument was he might be, you know, athletic in football in another sport, but when I see him out in the cage, aside from exploding on stuff, he doesn't look that athletic. He's stiff. He moves weird. And everybody's telling me like, oh, you don't understand. He runs really fast. Like, good for you. But my example is like, take Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Russell Westbrook, I mean, when you think athleticism, like that's the guy, right? And we saw him hitting pads at a, a UFC gym or whatever. And he looked like he'd never done anything athletic in his life. So I was like, look, you can have different parts of athleticism. You can jump really high or you might be able to contort your body in ways that others can. But sometimes it translates better than others. And no one understood that, you know, maybe Greg Hardy might be really athletic in football. But in MMA, the athleticism, it might not translate the way that it might in, you know, football, basketball, any of these other sports. That's absolutely correct. There's certain there's certain skills that you have that will translate over. And he's athletic for football, same as how John is right. athletic for MMA. But I wouldn't categorize Greg, as far as comparing him against athletes in MMA is, yes, sure, he's on a different level than other people, the general group of them. Yeah. But like, as far as real athletes, no, I wouldn't say so either. I mean, yeah, there are people, I mean, people, I, I don't understand where this comes from. Like, you know, people are talking about the, the NFL guy, this, that. I feel like you're trying to sell him too much. Like, we've seen him fight enough that you can come to a conclusion that he looks yes. stiff. His footwork is, is kind of weird. Like, he looks like something is bothering him. Like, you, you can see these things. You don't have to keep hyping it up. Like, I get he's explosive. And if he explodes, he'll get you like he did against Maurice Green. But, you know, that that's one aspect. You know, he's not fast. He's not, we don't see him contort his body in certain ways. Like, it's... It, you know, I feel like people don't quite understand what athleticism truly is. No, and the, I think a lot of the problem is if MMA is the only sport that you watch, you you don't know any better. So it's right. hard for me to be like, oh, you. it's hard for me to just have a conversation when that's the primary only sport that you watch. Because it's all you know. Same as how, like, if someone who has been ju doing jujitsu for 10 plus years is trying to teach me that what I'm seeing is wrong, I don't know any better. You know what I'm saying? It's like, obviously, I'm ignorant towards the fact. But I feel like it's that same scenario. Exactly. Like I started watching uh, basketball a few years ago and it, you want to see some athleticism that wow, like some of the stuff these guys are doing. I mean, just, you know, name a few athletic guys that like Zach Levine, for example, you see a guy do yeah. 
the kind of stuff he does. And then you watch MMA and you're like, none of these guys are athletic. None. Like that's exactly what it is. But I feel like MMA fans are not sports fans. You know what I mean? There's a few crossovers, but I feel like it's we categorize them as sports fans, but it might it's not necessarily the same kind of population. And it's so weird because when you do see like a person who's a high caliber athlete enter into MMA, a lot of people don't see it when it's happening. Like I remember there's a few fighters that I can name off the top of my head and I saw them. I'm like, that's a, that's a world-class athlete. They could do a lot. Like I remember Macy Chasson. That's one of my favorite fighters. I saw, when the day she walked on the ultimate fighter and they like showed them training in the gym and everything, I saw her literally jump. I was just like, she's an athlete. And then I saw Dominic Reyes in LFA and I was just like, he's a problem. Like I, you see certain people do certain movements and like, do certain reactions i'm just like that's not mma they're doing mma right. but they are it's just it's hard to explain to like people for those people who know what i'm talking about you you kind of see what i'm trying to get at but yeah like like there's a whole list of athletes of this next generation who are starting to be athletes it's going to make the sport even better but for the people who aren't they're going to be in for a rude awakening but at the same time, I think people see it as an insult too. Like we're saying that, you know, you're, you might not be as athletic as these other athletes, but at the same time, some of these athletes, you see them hit a heavy bag and you're like, dear God, what is wrong with you? Like, are you hurt somewhere? Like they look awful and yes. it makes, and it makes them look kind of pathetic. If anything, like you look at them and it's like, wow, like we see you do stuff on the court. Now we see you hit a heavy bag. It's, it kind of takes away from their image a little bit. I, I agree, but I also disagree in the sense of just like that skill also. Right. That's true. Yes. You have to have certain skill sets to be able to, because I don't think a lot of people think it's just brawn for martial arts and it's not, it's truly an art form. It's truly body expression and body awareness. So that's another category of athleticism. Sure. So you could say, yeah, you aren't that great of an athlete because you can't hit, but it's also like, have you been training correctly to, to, to throw that jab perfectly, like, or throw that cross, like Connor can throw a cross. Like, it's like, these guys have dedicated their worlds and their lives to dedicating that art. Same as how, if Usain Bolt was like, listen, Kairos, you got to run this 100-meter dash in nine fucking seconds. You die. It's like, all right, listen, I can't do that. I haven't dead. It's like that same right. thing, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious about something on your end, though, because we we mentioned your setup at the beginning, and you, you seem to me like this kind of person where to say that you're just like a high-level MMA fan feels like it's not enough, but at the same time calling you media, I feel like you wouldn't call yourself media either. It feels like you're kind of in between what – what is Kairos? What what is it? What are what exactly? Where are you in this industry? Um, the funny thing is, my name is Greek, so it means uh, God's appointed time, and so I feel like that's the perfect way to talk about. I'm just right where I need to be when I need to be there. I don't want people to categorize me and marginalize me into these select boxes. So then I am forced to only do what you guys expect me to do. No, I want to be that guy who's like, dang, Kairos is just at a UFC press conference last Saturday. Now he's over at KSW and japan or like or he's interviewing a fighter or he's creating a promo for this person's camp i just want to be a videographer who happens to talk on camera sometimes who happens to record people who creates content across the board who has a catalog of just whether it's me making fun of people with memes me finding funny videos throwing it out there me talking about breaking down fights me interviewing people i just want to have my hands in everything i want people to say there's nothing that he can and cannot do like i want them to just say dang that's kairos so, so what's what's the goal of being Kairos, though? Is it about creating your own brand that allows you to do all this stuff? Or is it eventually attaching yourself to like a, an MMA junkie, an MMA fighting, the kind of outlet that's going to give you that kind of opportunity? What's kind of the, the end game of all this? Well, I'd love the opportunity to do that sort of thing. But I also want to be able to have the freedom of a freelancer, too. So like, it's funny. Everyone always is like, Kairos MMA, like you don't even do mixed martial arts. It's like, yeah, that's correct. In my mind, when I had that name in my college dorm, when I was like a junior or senior in college, I chose MMA as like an entendre. Yes, it's mixed martial arts to people, but it, I'm also thinking to myself, I want to be a multimedia agency or a multimedia account because every single time I go on social media and I try and like set up an account for Kairos, for some strange reason, the name Kairos is taken. I'm like, I know for a fact that it's not your government name. That is literally my name. But OK, so I had to get away from just Kairos. So I was like, OK, I like MMA and. I can use it as an acronym for other things. And that's kind of what I'm doing too. Like I just paid money to start my LLC. I'm going to have a business bank account soon. So Cairo Summit will actually be a brand trademark thing. And I want that to be like what takes me into the future. And yes, sure. I'd love to work for MMA Junkie. Yes, I'd sure, I'd sure love to work for all these other organizations too. But as long as I'm able to continue being me as well, I don't want them to say, listen, you can't act like this to this degree. I want them to be like, Let's, as long as you're professional, that's okay. I want them to like, give me that sort of guideline. 
And I think you just broke some news for us, right? Because I see people all the time talking about MMA and you're like, it doesn't stand for mixed martial arts. And I always see people like, what is it? My man Anderson? You're like, yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, you know, people are always coming up with these shitty acronyms. You're like, yeah, okay, if that, if that works for you. But we got it. That's what the legendary MMA stands for. And I've told people this before. I told people years ago, but just they don't believe me. So it's just like, yeah. I'm not going to keep trying to convince you of what I'm actually paid money to have. Like This right. name is literally going to be mine in the next few weeks once I the paperwork goes through. So so what's the, what's the next steps at this point? Because we see you have this, this nice setup. It seems like you have opportunities, right? Like your YouTube channel is obviously a pretty big platform. We see you have a fan base. Like what, what, what can we expect next? Like what's kind of the next step to really kick things, you know, into a, into a starting position? Well, I don't want to. I wouldn't call it a fan base. Here in fan base, just sounds weird. You have a fan base. You literally have a fan base. Like I'm, as someone from the outside, I'm gonna tell you, you have a fan base. I see these people in your replies, man. You have a fan base. Own it. Let's just say community. Let's just say community and like, like, let's just say that. This fan base just it makes. You sound like a cult leader. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, and it sounds a little strange. I don't feel yeah, but like yeah, um, I have one thing that is. That I this is going to be the defining moment in my life. I'm so excited for it, but I just don't want to talk about it right now because it's not set in stone. Right. It's not really my business to tell, and it's like that sort of thing. So, but when you see it, you're gonna be like, "Damn, Paris, this is what you were talking about. This is what you were hyped." I'm like, and I'm gonna be like, "Yes, this is like I'm not even gonna tell you what it is." When you see, it, you're gonna be like, "That's what he was talking about." Oh my god, like, dude, I'm like getting butterflies thinking about it. like I almost had a heart attack when the person told me, you know, oh man. Out, oh, I'm so like okay. I'm sorry, but yeah, I've got I've got a few things coming that people aren't going to be expecting. It's exciting, but I understand what you mean too. Like this podcast, I thought about it. I was like, you know, my goal one day is to I'd love to, you know, like big scenarios have like your own studio and like guests fly in, or whether it's by myself, like a Joe Rogan does, for example, or whether it's like you know you belong to like a Showtime or whatever. And uh, I realized like if I want to do something like that, I'm not doing a podcast right now. I'm not doing like, you know, I'm doing these little 10 minute interviews, but none of that. What's what's going to lead to you having a studio? So I was like, you know, it's probably doing a podcast, probably going live. But I tend to, you know, go on Twitter and be like, oh, I'm going to tease this idea. (laughs) People hype me up and then it literally never happens because, you know, in your in your head, you're like, well, that's dumb. I'm not going to do it. That's why this podcast, it was like, no talk about it. And then here we go today. We're going live with Kairos and uh, we're doing the damn thing. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like when you sent out the idea, I was just immediately like, okay. He set the time frame when I when I immediately was like, I don't know if I could do it right then and there. I was like, no, I hate that. I would hate if someone did that to me. So that's why I was just like, let's try and make this happen. Because I feel like that's always when I do my best. When I feel I feel like I do my best, like I bring out the best out of any situation when I my back's up against the walls. Like, Kairos, you just went fifty thousand dollars in debt. You better set up like that sort of thing. But I, I didn't go fifty thousand dollars in debt. But I just it's just one of those things where just like when the pressure's on, that just pushes me even further. Like when I'm lax, I'm like, oh, I got five months to do this final paper for this class. I'm gonna not do it until it's too late. Right, yeah. You know, so obviously I need to change some things, but I do feel like I perform best when the lights are the brightest, whether it was me being an athlete in high school and college, whether it was me being a musician in high school and college, like I always perform better when the lights are on. Well, that's exactly how it was for the podcast too, because I'm thinking in my head like, oh, you know what? Let me just take the time to create a logo. Let's let's do that in the future. Wait until, you know, you may make some kind of guess that, you know, there's always something pushing you. And then finally I was like, you know what? My last day off of the week is Tuesday. Let's do a Tuesday. Let's get a guest lined up and let's just, let's just do the thing. If it sucks. It's not like I have this huge following that's going to, you know, remind me every day about the shitty thing I did. It's like, just go ahead and do it. And if it works, then it works. And something you look back on, you're like, wow, like if I hadn't taken that leap, we wouldn't be where we're at today. And if it sucks, man, that's, that's the most important thing. I think, I think people need to just not be afraid of failure, embrace failure. I think a lot of the time we allow ourselves to analyze to the point where we're just paralyzed, but it's like paralysis by analysis. And you sit back, I just want to create the perfect video. I just want to make sure everything's done. The people who achieve the next goal or break through the next wall it's like i wasn't afraid to fail so i put out 1 million videos and mm-hmm. on the 999,999 video that caught flame and it went on youtube like if i sat back and was just like no i'm not going to put out these videos until i got my camera or i got my lights or i got this that and third i wouldn't have gotten where i got into like you like if you go on my youtube other than the last three videos probably that was all done with my cell phone. I was sitting there like, all right, let me record this on my phone. Let me make these from the promos to me talking to me doing all, all on my phone. And that taught me one thing you have to do with what you have. I learned so much about everything because I had to figure out how to compensate for my lack of technology based off of 
what I didn't have. And that made me all the better for it. It made me make mistakes. And I got out there and like, who knew I could edit a video for a promo for a fight and I'd get a hundred thousand views and I did it on my phone. Like, it's just like, like, you know, it's just one of those things. You got to go out there and just get it. You have to get it. Well, so we see your YouTube channel. It looks like I'm trying to think of the exact subscriber count, but it sounds like you're well over a thousand. Like the numbers are looking good, especially for the algorithm and stuff like that. How does that happen? How do you build it up? Is it from those promo videos or is there something that caught fire that exploded everything? Like what was it that's getting you to the point where you are today where we know once you get over a thousand, like you grow by a lot. Everybody says it's much easier to grow. It's about predicting. Like what I do is a lot of people, there's a different strategy for different people. Some people are like, all right, I'm going to put out endless videos and one of them is going to catch fire, which is fine. That's a decent strategy. Some people are like, I'm going to take the hot topics and put out a video. Me, I think to myself, what's going to catch flame and what's going to remain relevant? So I sit back and I say, like how we talked about earlier about just you see an athlete and you're just like, wow, they're going to be something. Like I remember I saw Hakeem Dawadu. And I forgot what um, organization it was in, but he fought this dude to a draw. And I just saw him I'm like, there's something about him that's just that's special. And I made a highlight reel about him. It had like 20 views for like a year. Like it, I was just sitting there like, oh, I wonder if that was the right decision. And out of nowhere, I look back at the video. I'm like, that thing's at 30,000 views. Like who's watching right. this? And then like another thing, like I made it like, one of my favorite fights, I made it like a highly real Pramesh Shad song. I know a lot of people don't love women's mixed martial arts, but I love it. Like, I'm so passionate about it, too. And she's like an exciting fighter. So I threw that out there and I was like, I don't expect it to get pretty big. And it got it got a decent amount of followers, but it's just, or views or whatever. I think the best way to set yourself up is to put something out that's going to be relevant for a long period of time, especially if someone continues to grow and continues to be successful. I think it's always just about planning for the future as well as you getting content out there, too. So if I had to just make sure you're consistently putting stuff out there, but you got to also understand, like, find what separates you from everybody else. Find what, like, I realized that my personality and my ability to get work out incredibly fast is going to separate me. Like, I remember the news came out for some fight that was going to happen, that happened, I think, last weekend. Oh, it was RDA versus Felder. And when the news came out, I was able to put out, like, a seven-minute video in, like, an hour, maybe two hours. And granted, it didn't get the attention that I thought it deserved, but it's still the fact that if you can get your work speed up and you can get that sort of things like in your back pocket, it helps too. So I think it's an accumulation of things. It's not just like, oh, you got to have dope ass thumbnails. Oh, you got to know this person. Oh, you, <laughs> you got to have all these certain characteristics and traits and then just combine them how you see fit. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But you can't be afraid of fail. You have to embrace it. That's the, the funny thing. When I started my YouTube channel, you know, at first it's just like a place to put these interviews. Then you try to find work and all that stuff. It's like kind of like a portfolio. And at first I'm thinking like, how am I going to get views? And it's like, if you just post content, people will find it. And no dumbass, that's not how YouTube works. And I <laughs> found that out the hard way. But it's funny because uh, you you mentioned like the stuff, like the Hakeem Dawudu video. And it's like, it's the same way for prospects. Like a lot of people, they don't bother with prospects because, you know, you can post like a an interview you do with a prospect that you're really proud of. You'll post it and you'll get three views. And one of them is my mom. <laughs> and uh, you know and and it's frustrating because yeah. you're looking at it and it's like but it's a good interview like just ignore the fact that you don't know who i am and this guy and then like uh who's the tefan chukwi like uh i did an interview with him you know before the contender series for all that you know like 13 views you know no nothing get signed to the ufc there go the views there they climb because they're like you know what uh who is this tefan guy oh look there's an interview with lucas and you can watch it and you can get to know this guy i know that he's from cameroon all that crap like it's it's things like that where, you know, nobody else did that interview. You did it. And now people can go back to it later on and find out who is this guy. Like during quarantine, I did the same thing. I was like, let me talk to the prospects. There are no fights. Half of them got signed to the UFC. Tons of them got views because people were trying to figure out who were these prospects. So it's, it, you know, it's an investment, you know, in the way that you do it and the way that other media members do it. But it's, you know, it's not just like uh, doing like people think, you know, let me talk to uh, RDA, for example, who just fought. That's probably not going to get a lot of views because everybody talked to RDA. Which you talk to someone on the prelims that just got signed, nobody else talked to them, and that might be the one that kind of, you know, boosts your numbers. Absolutely. And I think it's also great for the sport that we we don't need to be shooting for Conor McGregor every time he just right. tweets and stuff. I, I, it's like, I get so irritated when I see major news companies, and I'm not going to put people on blast, but just like, listen, you don't need to report the news on Conor anymore. His Twitter's reporting the news. A, B, if you actually sat down and went like what you did and contacted these prospects when they were out, which is great. You could build a sport even faster. You could build your brand even faster. It's just about you investing. I'm planting a seed and it'll grow eventually. Sure, it might not be a palm tree. Sure, it might not be a freaking volcano that comes out of this, whatever, but you're still planting the seed. And I feel like a lot of um, 
people, not just in sports, not just in MMA, would appreciate you actually taking the time to interview. I see a lot of people like, dang, I want to talk to Leon right now because he's right. doing this with Hamza. But why weren't you trying to talk to Leon back when you guys said that he was a boring fighter, back mm -hmm. when you said that he shouldn't be in the UFC? And why weren't you guys – like, I remember there was this other fighter. I can't remember their name right now off the top of my head. It was – um, maybe it was Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz, yeah. When he had his ACL surgery fiasco, like he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. When he tore his ACL, the amount of traffic around his name on YouTube and Twitter drastically went down. You didn't see too many interviews about him. Sure, when he first got hurt, it was like, yeah, when are you coming back yet? But then when they stripped him, massive decrease. Then when he went long periods of time without competing, next to nothing about it. It's like, you got a champion that you guys weren't even trying to talk to just because he wasn't in the headlines. And it's just like, I feel like we're in the microwave generation right now of just media where people just want to take what's hot because it's easy and it's accessible and it's low hanging fruit. And it's just like, sure, that'll get you where you want to go or where you think you should be, but it's not going to take you further. What's I want stuff whereby a person will say, wow, I don't like MMA, but I like this person who was in this video of this promo that had dope ass music and these cool ass visuals of them like knocking motherfuckers out to sleep. And it's just like, versus you just saying, oh, well, I know Conor McGregor is the biggest fighter in the UFC. Let me type in his name. And then you have a video of Conor and yours is on the 500th page and it's no different from anybody else. Like, let's let's start breaking out of our uh, our fishbowl and trying to doing different things. You know, that's all I think. Well, the, sure the, the funny thing about that is, you know, fighters, they almost don't care. Like, you know, yeah. coming up, like they'll never get talked to by a big outlet. Like every fighter wants to be on, a, you know, aerial show. Makes a lot of sense. It's a huge show. It's your goal when you come into the sport. And they'll like hold a grudge, like, oh, he's never gonna have me on the show. And then one day, you know, like Chaos Williams gets a big knockout, goes on a show like that, and all of a sudden they they forget all about the, you know, they never wanted to talk to me and all that stuff. You know, how many times do you hear a fighter say, like, oh, the media didn't care about me until I did something big? But I bet you if you were to look through their emails, look through their DMs, whatever, there's tons of much smaller media members that were trying to talk to you, but you didn't care because it wasn't ESPN, because it wasn't MMA junkie. And, I, and that that's the thing too, is you know, I think fighters have this. You know, it's kind of like we invest in the prospects, but they should invest in the journalists too. Like, look at Mike Hack, for example, when he was at one point, he was doing a ton of coverage for, um, you know, the prospects in the regional scene. Now he's with MMA fighting. So imagine, you know, you've been talking to him for years when he was with smaller outlets. Now he's with one of the giants of the industry and he's going to come talk to you because you guys do interviews often. So it's kind of a, a give and take situation. Well, it's always a give and take situation, but it has to be like that between the media and the fighters as well. And not just, you know, I make it big, I throw everyone to the side and I only want to do ESPN. I only want to do, you know, if you have a name, you know, where uh, wherever you work. You know, that's a valid point that I wasn't even thinking about. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of time we think, okay, um, these fighters, like, We'll have preconceived notions where we think that a person must be having crazy promos in their DMs. It's like, oh my gosh, I want an interview. I want it. Or can you, like, like you said, and there's certain fighters, I will admit, they will only come and talk to certain people. So you're right about that. And yeah. yes, sure, there's give and take. But I think we also need to get to the point where it's just like, all right, fine. Well, let's embrace the people who are embracing us. You know, let's do, let's do that sort of thing. And I think that um, in particular, I remember seeing this in the music industry because that's another thing that I also think, I think battle rap and the UFC and WWE are all similar with their fan bases and how the landscapes shift. And the people who like watch those things kind of understand, I don't even watch the WWE that much, but I do watch battle rap and I do watch the UFC heavily. And there's certain things that you see similar in the world. And like one interview that caught my eye was this guy named Russ. He's this rapper. And he's the guy who basically broke all the rules of music and won. Like he didn't sign to a major label. He kept 80% of his music. He puts it out. He's a millionaire every time he drops an album because he's like, I built this myself. I didn't need other people building me up. And he wanted to get, be on complex news for years. He was sending emails, his publisher, his publicist, all those people were constantly, they were just like, we don't do interviews. We don't do interviews. And lo and behold, he puts out now, it goes, does crazy numbers. He's the talk of the town now. They're sending out an interview and he gets on the show. And he's like, I remember when I sent you guys in and he <laughs> blows them up. Like, cause one of the people who sent him the email, he straight up embarrasses her. And she's just like trying to deny it and lie about it. And I feel like that's one thing that we need to see more and more in media. We need to see people held accountable for their lack of vision of seeing the future where someone has the potential to be. Give that person a chance the same way you want people to give your outlet a chance when you say, when you drop an article on Twitter. Like you gotta, it's give and take like you said. 
Well, and there's some people that, you know, uh, some people are awful about it. Like you'll only see them on the podcast when they, uh, when they achieve something and others like, you know, I mean, just shout out guys like, you know, James Lynch, Mike Heck, stuff like that. You know them yeah. as, you know, the, the prospect guys and, uh, and it pays off for the fighters too. Cause now you see them, they're with big outlets, they're getting big numbers and it, it benefits the fighters too. So it's definitely interesting. And you mentioned Russ, like Kevin Lee did the same thing with the MMA hour. There's one episode where he comes on and he's like, you never want to interview me before. And here I am. And you know, Kevin Lee's the guy who's going to tell you that. Like Kevin Lee is that kind of petty that he's he's going to remember that. I love it. I really do love Kevin Lee. And yeah, shout out to James Lynch. James Lynch is the James Lynch is one of the first people on YouTube where I sat back because I one thing I do is I study different channels and I understand like and I see different tendencies. I'm like, okay, how can I incorporate that into my game? Because that's how I was as an athlete. That's how I am in music. That's how I am in everything. So I would be staring for hours on his YouTube, just like, <laughs> what did he post in 2003? Let me look at this. Let me look. Yeah. And I see the common denominator is he sees people who yeah. are going to be three years, four years, five years down the line doing great things. And then when they're there, he comes back and they'll, a lot of the time they'll give him yeah. an interview or I don't know who he's asking, but he just, James Lynch is the man for that. I do, he's one of the people like that I really do study. For sure. I mean, and I was doing the same thing. There was one time, uh, you know, during lockdown where I just went on his YouTube channel, click like, you know, show you the, the earliest <laughs> uploads and I'm looking through it and I'm studying it and I'm like trying to look at the growth, but it's like, even from when he started, he was better than like tons of people today that are established. So yeah. you knew that. He had the work, he had the talent, and then the prospect thing. Like, how many times have you heard him say, oh, I've been interviewing this guy for, you know, four or five years now, yeah. and the dude's been in the UFC six months. You're like, that's crazy. Like, you knew that before everybody else did. And look how it's paid off for yourself and the fighter as well. Like, it's it's the give and take for, for both parties. And I looked through your YouTube, too. I remember um, you had, like, an interview. I think it was Sadiq Yusuf, and it was – I don't remember when it was. And I was like, okay, that's a that's a person who's going to create noise. And I forget who – there was a few other people that you were interviewing, too, on your YouTube. Like, this – I'm telling you, when I'm a creep, bro, I'm dead serious. Like, when I see people putting out stuff, I might not tell you, but I will go through your entire YouTube. I'll go through your entire so your entire Instagram. Hey, don't do like, that. <laughs> I'm going to go back to your first ever picture and like it, just to let you know I'm <laughs> serious. But, like, I'm, I go through your everything because I want to understand – the, I want to understand the triumphs and the mistakes that you made and try and see if I can jump the mistakes and double down on the triumphs as well as seeing like other things that I can improve on or maybe things I should tweak or maybe things that are just like, okay, well, he did this great, but I don't think I can do that. So let me steer away from that. You know, it's not just for me to say, oh, let me copy that. Let me steal this idea. And it's just like, no, that's not my style. Maybe I should do this differently. Maybe I could have done that differently, you know? Or, uh, you know, a good example of that is, you know, like I said, during quarantine, I interviewed a bunch of prospects, stuff like that. And one guy that, you know, I, I was looking through the prospect list, looking through guys, and I saw this guy, uh, Ramiz Brahimai. You know, I think he was at LFA at the time. So I was like, you know what, let me let me talk to this guy. Let's do an interview, get to know Ramiz. And he gets signed to the UFC and the video blows up in Albania and Kosovo, whatever it is. And it really blew up. And it was like, you know, I didn't realize he was going to be signed to the UFC. And now it's a guy, like, even after his ear exploded and stuff, we were kind of talking back and forth and everything, like, you know. You make those connections and, you know, they pay off and they fighters, they remember that when no one wanted to talk to you. Some of them, they remember like, oh, Lucas was there when, you know, maybe I was going to get 13 views. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an investment. All of this YouTube stuff, it's definitely an investment. Is the, is this Ramiz guy, does he train at Fortis MMA? Yeah. That's the one that fought yeah. Max okay, Griffin. Good, good, good. I got the ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I was just like, all right. For sure. But uh, listen, what's what's been like the biggest like uh, the biggest thing that's made your YouTube channel blow up? Like if you point to one video that got you all the subscribers and stuff, is there one in particular? Ironically, it's women's mixed martial arts. I love like people don't understand. I am probably a women's mixed martial arts fan before I'm a fan of the actual UFC and other organizations. Like I remember um, when Invicta was coming on, like and people weren't really talking about it a lot. I would be watching full cards of Invicta, retroactively going back and watching them, watching them as they were airing. So I'm like a huge fan of women's mixed arts and I was just like, I don't see too many YouTube channels putting together promos of like these fights that were gonna be crazy. Like I remember I chose Whaley versus uh Joanna for a promo. I'm like, no one's talking about this, no one's putting out a promo for this. And I made that and I like literally sat down one night, grabbed all the clips like from their fights and everything and training all in one night and created a pro created a video in probably like I want to say three hours just no probably like one and a half hours just on my phone uploaded and I was just like it was almost like when you feel like something's bad is about to happen to you and you're just like I'm still <laughs> gonna do it and I posted it and I was just like this is gonna blow up this is gonna blow up and I was just like why do I know it's gonna blow up I just had this feeling. So I was like, all right, let me dedicate stuff to promoting it. So I made a thumbnail for it. That was crazy for it. I made like stuff like that. Video ends up blowing up and it became fight of the year. It's just like, and then the other one was um, Whaley versus uh, Andrade, I believe. And same situation. I was just like, 
these women are being appreciated. Women in general don't get appreciated enough, whether it's in sports, athletics, what, whatever it is, women just aren't appreciated enough. So I was like, that's one thing I'm gonna make sure I try and do with my channels. I'm gonna give the, the women who don't get the shine, don't get the high level interviews that they deserve, don't get this done, don't get the attention. Don't you see women in the WNBA not getting paid as much, you know, and there's all these people who say, well, they should don't deserve it. I don't necessarily agree with those people, <laughs> but I'm just like, I want the people who are always overlooked to be looked at first. That's what I want. Cause that's what I feel like I've always been in my entire life for athletics. Like I was great. I was a starter and everything I did, but it's still like, I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. I deserved more. And so like, when I see other people who don't get that attention, I'm like, what can I do to give that person the attention I think that they deserve? You, you mentioned the athletics through high school, all that stuff. What, what are these athletics? What, what sports were you, uh, were you in? Oh, the first sport I ever did was gymnastics. It was the best base for sports I could have possibly yeah. ever did. I did gymnastics for like five years, something like that. It was pretty brutal and just like tough on your body, but I was able to do like magnificent things for my body. And then I did tennis for about um, a year or two. That was when I was at the right school. You know, they had to have us doing like these other sports like that. Right. And then um, I did once I, because I live in uh, Florida, I lived in Florida for like half of my life. So football was king. That's what, oh, yeah. so I was doing football this entire time, but I was doing those sports too, like to complement it, you know? And then when I, um, about my, I want to say my freshman year of high school, I was just like, man, I went to one of the best football schools at the time in the country. Like it was similar to high school that won the state championship. They were ranked like top 10 in the United States at that time. And I went in, I'm like, I'm five foot eight. I played defensive <laughs> back. I'm going to be guarding people who are six foot five and run just as fast as I am, just as physical. And I'm pretty strong. Like I'm a very strong person, but in football, everybody's strong. Everybody's, everybody's big. I'm like, I need to play a sport that's going to get me into college <laughs> so I can actually not pay for my education, have the degree. So then when people try and deny me what I want to do in the future, I'm like, no, I have the degree. And they're like, all right, great. Well, we have to pay you more and you get the job. So I was right. like, great. What's going to get me there? I was like, I was looking at sports and then my mom was like, Kairos, you should play lacrosse. I'm like, lacrosse <laughs> she's like, i'm like lacrosse he's like yeah you would dominate at it you would do you would be great da, 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 da. and so i'm like all right i'll try you know it's physical just like football you get to you get to knock people the fuck out in this sport. you get to be very aggressive so i'm like i'm gonna do that because i'm a very aggressive person i get in i play lacrosse i'm only playing lacrosse from like my sophomore year to my senior year of high school and that's like three seasons i end up getting like scouted by so i got i got recruited by a d1 school too expensive. I was not going to do that. The school was like sixty thousand dollars. I was like, nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. And then there, I got recruited by a decent number of D two schools, like just NAI and D three. But in lacrosse, like basically, if you go D two and above, you were you're very good. And I was able to do that with only three years of playing lacrosse. When the majority of the country is playing, like I've been playing since I came out the cradle. I've been did so. Like I was just, I was just blessed because I had so many sports to bring me to that point. And I really do think that the sport that helped me the most was gymnastics. I think a lot of people underestimate body awareness sports. So if I had to go back, I'd say, if you want to be a great athlete, you got to do something like gymnastics or ballet and like things like that. But yeah, that's just like all the sports I did. Well, well that's the interesting thing. You mentioned the body awareness, but that's part of the athleticism is being able to move your body, like being able to contort. Cause I read an article on it. Cause I was curious, like, you know, what can you look at that lets you know that this person's athletic, like uh, a Michael Jordan, for example, you see him, he's in midair and he's able to just contort and move his body in whatever way he wants. And that, that's why people were asking, can you build athleticism? Are you born with it? I believe, I mean, you are born with it, but you can build it in certain ways. There are ways that you can improve it. And yeah. you're not, I mean, you're not going to turn into, you know, a Zach Levine or any of those guys, but you can definitely build it. And I think one of the ways you can build it is like you mentioned, it's like a gymnastics, like a ballet where they teach you to move your body in certain ways. And it, it, it helps you, you know, like you mentioned for the other sports too. Yeah. I I'm a firm believer in you can get fast, I'm sorry, you can get faster, but you can't get fast. You can get stronger, but you can't get strong. So to a certain extent, yeah. But I also do believe that um, there are certain people who are just the exceptions to that rule. Like I remember seeing kids that I grew up with and I was just like, you were terrible at sports. Like we just used to run you off the field. Like, God, ugh. and you see them now and you're just like, you would do one in football. Dang, like, bro, like, congratulations. Oh, my gosh, you're in the NFL right now? Like, this dude who I used to play football with in my high school, um, I, his name's Tyler Conklin. This dude was skinny. He was, like, 6'5", 180 80 pounds. I was guarding him and, like, defending passing on him, like, babying him. Now I see him playing for the Minnesota Vikings. He's probably 240 pounds, and he runs like, like me. He probably runs as fast as I do, and I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> 
But were were you working on your body back when you're doing athletics? Like that's that's the one thing I think looking back where you know I was big into soccer and stuff like that, where it's like if I can go back in time, have a sit down and be like, you know, Lucas, focus on your nutrition, get in the, you know, get in the gym, work on certain things. Like, were you working on your body or did you sort of I know some people skated by on just the athleticism they already had? Oh, I worked on my body heavy, but I think the two things though that I did not pay attention to was um my diet and uh my recovery, because I would yeah. push my body to oblivion every single time and I wasn't eating the right things and I was burning my body at both ends of the candle but because I was young I was able to get away with it like I remember yeah. in college where we would be like um we would have a weekend and most of the time like during the season or during preseason our coach would take like give us no free days off so we couldn't party because our first year in college oh, yeah. we just would only party but then some of us were just like you know what we got we got 7 a.m lifts and we got practice at nine after those lifts Y'all just want to party all night and we just stay up and then start. so we would go crazy. Like we go crazy. And there was sometimes people would walk from the house, walk from the house drunk onto like across the street, onto the field. And we show up in our bathroom, we'd be ready. There are people out there. You wouldn't even know they were drinking all night. You wouldn't know they were up all night because they're just that gifted. And like, fortunately, I was a part of those people who were able to do that. But then there's those people who thought they could do it. And then there's just like, Coach would smell alcohol and he's like, who's drinking? And then like the whole spot would be blown up. I mean, we'd all be fucked. But like, this is one of those things. But yeah, dietary and uh, recovery are my two biggest problems. But I did work on my body. But so what are you still, are you still working out today? Are you still exercising like before? Or have you sort of uh, kind of left that life behind? No, I got, I turned into a fat ass, but I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to change it. I need to get my body better because I acknowledge, I, I feel different. My mental state has also declined because of it. I realized that a lot of like my happiness and my insight, my intelligence and how witty I can be, it's deteriorated because my body's deteriorated. Like it's all, it's all one, like our soul, our psyche, our mind, our body, our spirit, it is all tied to one thing. I do think the fastest way to build all those things at once is physical activity because it's building discipline. It's building more than just your muscles. It's, it's so much that I, so I'm definitely going to get back into that. I'm probably going to end up like trying to build my own quick, cheap gym in my basement. For sure. I mean, I did notice a difference. You know, I'd never really gone to the gym or anything like that. And then, I, you know, when I became an adult, it was like, you know, I wanted to start doing that. And then I was like, you know, the only time I have, you know, with full-time work was like, get up at 4 a.m., go to the gym. And I was like, I'm up early and I'm tired, but I noticed there, there's a difference. I feel different mentally. I feel I feel more awake. If any, you do, it's crazy how much of a difference you notice, even though you have to get up earlier and you do have to sacrifice a little bit to, to live a life like that. You do, but I really do think it's it far outweighs. And I think you're able to withstand that because you've built up that tolerance because you're working your body. I feel like if you tried to be active throughout, throughout the entire day without exercise and you're just like, oh, well, I'm just staying up and working hard. I feel like your body would go to smithereens yeah. as the result. But if I'm doing that and on top of that, I'm working out and I'm eating well, I think you could sustain that indefinitely. Like you see people who are running 20 something miles every single day. And it's just like, all right, how are they doing that? They're doing it because they're literally doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But you, I mean, but you know, but you have to build it. Like a lot of people, they think I'm just going to get up and then run all these miles. It's like you got, you got to start. And then eventually you're going to notice the progress and then you, you're going to make that progress. You're going to do more and you are going to feel a difference truly. No, yeah, I agree. Like it's weird how so like-minded we are. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm 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 a pretty weird oddball type of guy. I say some flat outlandish shit sometimes. I'm just like, this might rub him the wrong way when we talk. He might hang up. <laughs> he might be gone. No, nah, but that, that's also why, you know, I made a list. I was like, you know, when I do interviews, like you don't always interview who you want. Sometimes you reach out to an agency and they'll be like, Oh, they'll throw in like two guys you never heard of, and you're like, Yeah, let's do it. That's how it works. With this podcast, like I'm gonna make a list and these are the people I want on the podcast. And I've seen enough of you, like, you know, watching some of your videos, watching your stuff on Twitter and stuff. And it's like, Cairo seems like the kind of guy, like, outside of MMA, outside of all this crap. Like, like I talked to this guy, like, you know, like, no no gimmicks or anything. You know what I mean? Like, if we met, I feel like we we would get along. You know what I mean? So I was like, so let me, let's find out firsthand. Let's bring him on the podcast and uh, let's find out. And I mean, you know, I think we're finding out. Listen, man, after this pandemic's gone, we got, I'm gonna, I will get on a flight. Say where you, like, don't say it on the air. After this. I will get on a flight after the pandemic. We will fly out, take me to wherever you like to go. And we can have some fun, bro. Like, I'm serious. That's the type of person, like, I really do enjoy going to see people. Like, yeah, it's cool interacting with people online and doing that sort of thing. But I I thrive the best when I'm actually able to see you, look in your eye, and, like, talk to you and that sort of thing. Like, I love trying to see people's emotions and reading them as I'm communicating with them just because 
it excites me. It's, it's weird. It's, but it excites me. I feel like that's the best way to describe it. And that's the funny thing with do, doing this MMA thing is, you know, the entire community feels like it's online, you know, like you talk to these fighters on Skype and everything. And it's like, well, we're so far away. And for a while, you know, for a few years I was in France. So it's like, you know, I'm, there's no way you're going to see any of these people ever. Like you feel like you're in a bubble. Now I'm back in the States, East Coast, you know, what is it? East Coast, Beast Coast. And uh, <laughs> now now it's like, it's, you know, the other day I got invited by, um you know, I did a couple interviews with some prospects uh, here in North Carolina. And then I get an invite to uh, this media day that they're doing at their gym. I'm like, holy shit, this is about to be the first time. Like, I'm about to meet some MMA people in real life. Like, we're we're gonna do this thing. Like, it's it's crazy when it goes from virtual to all of a sudden now we're doing stuff in person and now we're you know getting to that next level. Yeah, it's fucking dope. Congratulations for that too. Like, I hope you felt the way that I felt when I when I got that DM and I was just like, Yeah, it's my time. Like, it's just that feeling where it's just like, wow, wow, we're getting we're this is the defining moment. It's time to capitalize. But it's it's the recognition too, like you know the fact that somebody like considers you, like you know you're legit enough media that we're about to invite you and you can come to the gym, like you know I don't know how long there were journalists were like you know I tried to talk to them like you know we're we're peers or we're counterparts and then there'd be like a who's who's we, like who are you like why, why are you talking to me like that and and you know I feel like it's getting better and and then you occasionally get that recognition where you're like you know what I, I am in the right spot and I am doing the right things to get to that point that you want to get someday. Yeah, yeah, and I think. The other issue, though, too, is one thing that I feel like something that I probably can relate to other people in like similar positions is it's you're building a community first. Like, that's why I wanted to say community and not fans, because right. I feel like when you talk to someone and you show yourself as a person, they're like, OK, great. I want to have you here hanging out with me. Oh, and if you want to do something, too, while you're here, you can do it that way. Like, I feel like people are more inclined to do something like that and accept you in any capacity when you've shown yourself to be a friend or someone shown yourself to be a believer. And in that sort of instance, versus you just saying, like, I'll give you an example. It was like, it was towards the beginning of when like my Twitter started to take off. Like I would get so many DMS of just people either just being racist or people just like wanting me to do stuff for them. And it was just like, I don't, <laughs> first of all, I don't know you. Second of all, you weren't you just making fun of me like last right. week, like saying some risk, like, no, but like the people who have always been nice to me and like, and like done stuff to me and they'll be like, Hey, can you retweet this? Or, Hey, can you blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, you don't even have to ask, bro. Like, cause a lot of the time I'm just like, if I believe in something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share it. That's just the type of person I am. But for the people who just show themselves, it's just like, Oh, give me this. I need this. I deserve this. I'm like, yeah, you ain't getting shit. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> That's how it was, you know, like eventually I made an Instagram because I realized you can access more fighters and stuff like that on Instagram. And I started getting all these DMs like, oh, Lucas, I'm a big fan. I'm like, first of all, that's Cap because there's no way you know who I am. But all right, go on. And then, you know, and I had some dudes like, you know, can you give me advice? Or well, there was one guy like, I'd like to start a podcast, blah, blah, blah. I can't speak very good English, but can I have Sean O'Malley's phone number? Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you in my DMs? Like, why? Well, you know, there's journalists that if they asked me for his number, I wouldn't give it to him. Like, why would I give it to you? Like, what are you doing? And that's another weird thing. Like, people think I'm friends with people. I'm like, bro. <laughs> One person was like, Kairos, can you ask Dominic Reyes for an interview for me? I'm like, I don't know him. <laughs> like, what? People, I don't know if it's because people just see like, oh, someone retweeted you one time or someone tweeted you one time. I was like, bro. I don't know these people, so I don't know who you, like, but also, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, I, I do know these people, but not enough that I could just, like, text them, like, hey, bro, like, let me just, uh, I'm going to shoot your number to this guy. Like, nah, it's like, it's it's professional. Like, half the time, I'm introducing myself, like, all six times that I've talked to him, because, you know, I've been hit before where it's like, hey, man, oh, I'm sorry, who's this? And you're like, fuck. Um, mm. It's like, you remember Lucas? Uh, no, I've never heard of that name before. <laughs> It's like, bro, there are two videos of you on my YouTube channel. But all right. It was like that with Julian Marquez. I think I've interviewed myself. Uh, well, I've introduced myself to him like seven times. Every time I was like, who's this? Huh? It's like, whoa. There's literally, it's like, do I know you? It's like, there's a video with your face and my face. And, and we're talking to each other. But, you know, it's, it, you know, it's crazy sometimes. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Julian Marquez. Because I remember, I think, it, was it him who was on Tough Heavy Hitters? I don't think so, because he was he was on a him? contender series with uh Phil, where he knocked out Phil Hawes. I don't, I don't think so. Why does that name sound familiar? Maybe I'm maybe I'm tweaking. Okay, after he's, this I'll look. He's doing the podcast with uh what what's her name the the porn lady. Um, you know who I'm talking about? He's he's doing like a, a podcast with uh what's her name? Um, I'm about to look him up really quick. Yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and take care of that. Why do you have some kind of some kind of story with Julian Marquez? No, no, I I don't. I have nothing about him. 
I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was on Tough. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, he was on the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he That's... was on Tough, bro. He All was right, on Tough. Yeah, yeah. I knew I saw his face somewhere. Just, um, yeah, I was just curious because I always saw him on the TV show and I didn't really like peg him for a person who would like be like that type of person. But maybe he legitimately doesn't remember or maybe he's trying to big time me. Who knows? Who knows? Man, you know what? I do I do have a funny story that I've only told one person, but I guess episode one is just me and you right now <laughs> live. But I will tell it. So, you know, the, the most important thing about media is that you try to set up relationships with fighters. Like you try not to be like, I only hit you up for an interview. It's like if a guy wins, you'll be like, congratulations on the victory, this and that. Like you try to, you know, set up a professional relationship, but enough where it's like, you know, I'm not using you. We're, there's a fighter I texted uh, recently, Kevin Holland, where I was like, you know, I was trying to set up an interview with him. His manager had given me his number uh, a, a while back. It's like, you know, if you want to interview him. So I texted him with my new phone number back in the States. Like, hey, Kevin, this is Lucas, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, oh, okay, boss. How'd you get my number? I was like, your manager gave it to me, blah, blah, blah. You know, we go back and forth. Finally, I'm like, you know, if we could schedule an interview, you know, red. So I was like, all right, fight, mm. fight comes by and everything. So fight's over. And, you know, I'm like, all right. Let me just shoot him a congratulations text, like just like, a, you know, keep the relationship going. So I was like, hey, congratulations on the win, man. And so I was like, all right, there we go. That's the end of it. I wake up, I think the next morning to probably the nastiest text message I've ever received from a fighter. It was like, you know, he was like, you know, it's it's one thing to, you know, get my phone number from my manager. But now you're texting me thinking we're buddies and blah, blah. He's just, just going off. Like, you know, don't be texting me. I was like, oh, my God. And that's the first thing I read when I woke up. And I was like, man. So I watched his interview with Ariel Hawani because, you know, you're trying to get a sense, like, all right, what happened? Yeah. And during that interview, I don't know if you watched it, but he was like, you know, I hate when people are fake and they think we're friends and stuff like that. I was like, well, that is not what happened. <laughs> like, I'm just telling you congratulations <laughs> on the victory, bro. I don't think we're buddies. Like, I don't know you like that. But it, it's it's one of the things where you learn, like, for, and then I, I used to start my interviews like, hey, how you doing, man? And now I call people sir. <laughs> you know, set up that little you know, sir, like, you know, keep a little bit of this. I'm not trying to be your buddy. I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm trying to be professional. Like, but you know, Kevin Holland, like, I'm not mad at him for it. I understand where he's coming from, but it was like a, a strict reminder that, you know, you got to manage these relationships a certain way. That's Fugazi as fuck from him. I actually like Kevin Holland too. That's Fugazi. But what's funny is you mentioned, I'm going to be professional. Like in my mind, I'm thinking, I had this talk with myself today about it. And it's funny because a lot of the things that I do, I visualize first and I like throw scenarios out of my head of right. things. And I, it's weird because we, I imagined myself having a conversation to this effect with you about professionality and being who you are. And I also envisioned me having this conversation tomorrow on like another podcast that I was going to have. And it's just weird that it's happening now, <laughs> but, um, that's one thing that I think is different about me. I'm not coming in your DMS trying to be like, Hey, listen, sir, could you possibly offer me the opportunity to video log your career? I'm like, hey, what's up, best friend? What we doing? Da, da, da. Like, and it's like, all right, listen, if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't hit. But but I'm also going after people who I think are cool. Like it's not right. like, oh, you're you're on a 50 fight winning streak. What's up, best friend? It's like, no, I think you're funny and I think you're a cool person. That's why I'm sending you these memes. That's why I'm making these funny videos about you. That's why I'm like, it's like, because you're a cool person, and I feel like. I don't know. I just feel like um, I would be friends with you if I saw you in person. Same way as how I operate on Twitter. I see someone post some funny stuff. I'm like, that's some shit I would say. I would start <laughs> sending them some stuff. And it, and it just happens that way. So I'm like, shoot. I see them as how people would see me and how I would see other people. So I don't make that distinguishing like line. I'm sure that some people like, Kyros, I ain't your motherfucking buddy. Don't you ever right. hit me. And I'm just Kevin like, Holland. all right, that's fine. Yeah, Kevin Holland. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like some people are like, oh, that's funny. And some people are like, oh, but you know. I'm not for everybody. That's okay. I mean, you know, there, there's some fighters that, that are cool as fuck and like you could text each other back and forth. And But obviously you have to toe the line with, prof at least for me, at least in the position where I'm at, where you have to kind of toe the line with professionalism. And some dudes, you understand, like Kevin Holland, you understand real quick that that's not the kind of guy that, you know, wants you to be texting them and stuff like that. So it's, it's everybody's so different. And you just have to figure out like which, which guys are cool like that and which guys are going to be a little bit more uh, of an asshole in this case. You know what you should do? It seems like you got a vendetta. Here's what you got to do to squash no, this. Beef no, right no, no. There's no beef. There, there ain't no beef, beef with a professional fighter like that. Let me make some beef then. I'll make some beef. I'm going to make some beef right now. I'm stirring it up. Listen, this is what Go, you got to do. All cut right. me a promo. The next time this guy loses a fight, you got to try and interview the person. Every time he loses somebody, interview that person. Interview that. Anytime he loses, be outside the cage. Like, yeah, Kevin, what's up? No, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> but, Hell no. Hell I'm no, being I real. Know. I'm joking. But like, I just thought that was funny to say.
No, okay, it'd be like it'd be like that's my thing. Like everybody, like you got the schmo, and then you got Lucas, who you know any any jab at Kevin Holland, he can, he does. It's like, so how do you feel to get your hands on him? Like you know, that's gonna be my gimmick. Like eh, anyone who's beat him, I'm gonna like you know, oh, I'm, I'm right here, man. But nah, I that's can't. a solid gimmick, bro. Like some people don't like the schmo style. Some people do. Like I'm indifferent about it, but like I think one thing that is important is to establish yourself for who you are. I feel like the one reason why people don't why people have a problem with the show is because they don't think it's authentic. And I don't yeah. know the guys. So maybe it is, maybe it is, but I don't know. But I think everybody needs their one thing that they have. And for me, like, I just like to talk shit and have fun. You <laughs> like, whatever you do, you better find it and stick to it. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Schmo. Like I watched his, uh, his Schmo zone podcast where it was episode one. Cause I was curious, like, you know, who is this guy? And he's like, okay, I'm gonna take off the Schmo hat and I'm gonna just be Dave. And he explains like, you know, I was trying to be myself all these years and it never worked. And then one day I put on a funny suit and the glasses and I'm out here shouting at people and it works. So it's like, I can understand that, you know, you, you try to be yourself, you tried that approach and now you have to be that character and you have the two extremes. You have the schmo where it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of harmless. And then you have a certain Colby Covington where it's a little bit more to the extreme of, you know, putting on a character. Yeah. And the sad thing about it is like, I'm, I'm borderline towing that line right now of like, cause me personally, one of my biggest pet peeves is hearing myself talk. Like my voice, when I hear it through my ears, it just sounds so strange to me. So a lot of the time I'll speak very fast. I'll make sure that I'm talking. So then it flows and I can't hear it. So right. I usually talk faster, but because like I'm here and I, people are always like, Kairos, stop talking so fucking bad. Like, I'm like, okay, let me work on slowing it down. Let me like lower my intensity level. Let me drop all that because at the end of the day, no one wants to hear someone talk a mile a minute, Ben Shapiro style, 24 seven. It's just like, you know, so like I understand him doing it to that degree, but at the same time, it's just like that shit's kind of lame too, though. Cause like if you build your whole if you build something on a lie or a gimmick, you better keep that thing going for the rest of your career. Yeah. You're going right back to where you started for not being yourself. I watched this documentary about six nine, and I'm not a fan of the dude, but that documentary, I'm a fan of who made that documentary and it told a very strong tale of him. He didn't care about the riches. He didn't care about the music. He didn't care about the art form of music. He didn't care about videography. All he cared about was fame and people paying attention to him. He was willing to sacrifice everything for it. And that's a dangerous person. I don't like those type of people. Uh, listen, I mean, we, we're already at an hour. Like, I feel like it, it went fast. Let, <laughs> let's, let's, let's end it here with this. Kind of an MMA thing to wrap it up. But we saw the co-main event, uh, I believe it was last weekend, Chaos Williams. You know, he keeps he keeps killing guys. Do you believe the hype? Um, I'm I'm slow to that sort of thing. I believe like there's a certain criteria that I like. I like to see a person go five rounds. I also like to see them go against opponents who have a style exactly the same as them and have a style that's meant to beat them. And then I'm ready to like start throwing out my opinions. So as far as I'm concerned, he looks great, but I'm not ready to just like knight him the dark horse in the division like how people are doing with hamza i'm just i get so sick oh, yeah. of that i'm like bro he beat two people bro come on he beat three people i don't care yeah. like stop so why is he fighting the number three guy in the world like no nah, fuck that bro. no so no i'm not like i like him as a fighter you think he's exciting but i'm not ready to just give him anything to be honest no disrespect well i forgot what the the cage time is it's like under a minute but yeah i mean i mean he, he knocked out a legit opponent though i mean obviously he fought a guy that was willing to stand and trade with him and uh you know he got the knockout but uh, you know, I mentioned that I wanted him to fight Robbie Lawler, and everybody was asking me, you know, if I had, uh, if uh, Robbie had owed me money or said something to my mom. But it's like, bro, this, this is the sport, man. I'm like, you know, put him up against these veterans and let's see. But I'm excited for him. Like anyone that hits hard and makes fights entertaining, and then dresses like that after the fight, like it's yeah, it's, it's something exciting. He's straight. That was straight Detroit style. Like when I walked out, I didn't even know where the dude was from. But when I saw him with the buffs on that show, I'm like. It's like the mayor of Detroit from eight years. Like Kwame Kilpatrick. I'm like, all right, he's from Detroit. I just knew. I just looked. I was like, he's from Detroit. And then the fact that his his first name is a nickname, and then his nickname is is a nickname as well. Like, what what is that? <laughs> I think that's dope. I really yeah. think that's so cool. Uh, some people, I think that's dope. Like, if you if yeah. I ever heard a guy that's that's chaos over there, I'm across the street. They're like, oh, that's chaos at the bar. I'm like, we ain't going to that bar. We ain't going yeah. over there. <laughs> no, but it's like if your nickname's good, people start calling it like uh, like Rampage Jackson. People don't call him Quinn. Yeah. We call him Rampage. I mean, K you we're not, I think his name's like what Jordan or something. We call him Chaos. Like people are gonna think that's his first name. <laughs> that's that's a good problem to have though. But I mean, I'm glad you brought him up though, too. Another guy who deserves some shine. 
I, t- I tell you what, I have tried. <laughs> I've tried to interview this guy uh, multiple times. I've never received a reply. So if he ever goes on, like, you know, the media wasn't paying attention. I was trying to pay attention. Like, <laughs> I, I can't speak for everybody else. I can tell you, I was trying to pay attention. It did not work. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive the shoot to Detroit tonight. If I see him out, I'm going to just pull out my camera and be like, yo, my boy Lucas wants to talk to you, bro. Answer his question. Like, I'm just going to interview him on the spot. TMZ. Like T- you're going to TMZ him in front of TMZ everybody. TMZ him real hard. He might he might knock my ass out, but it is what it is. I'm sacrificing for you. Uh, that that means a lot. I mean, and it's cool, too, because if he knocks your ass out, you won't remember it. Um, It'll be quick. No, I mean, there's benefit. Maybe take some time off for work. Like, you, you got everything in your corner. Nah, if he knocks me out, we making a million dollars. I'll split it 50-50 with you. Uh, that is that is the, the nicest thing I've ever heard. Like if I think there's a lot of people they would have gotten knocked out. Like also re- remembering Lucas would have gotten knocked out too. Like that that's gone. Like it's it's me myself and I. Mm-hmm. I got you, bro. Remember that. All right, let, let's wrap it up with this, man. Where can we find you on social media? All that stuff. Anything you got to plug, man? Now's the time. Um. Yeah. Don't don't follow me on Instagram. I'm a little much on there, and I like to keep that to myself. But I like Twitter. So Cairo Simame at Twitter. And Kairosome on YouTube, and that's where we find. Boom. There we go. Let's end it here, guys. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week when I find out if I have days off or not with this uh this damn job. And uh thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, too. I appreciate this. Great. Like, seriously. <laughs>